Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Cigar Tipsters Show. This is episode seven. Thank you for joining us, be it iTunes, be it Stitcher, or any other podcasting outfit that you may use. We're glad that you're with us tonight, and we got a lot to talk about. But let's get the introductions out of the way. First of all, all the way from Minnesota, Kirk, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, glad to join you tonight. And what kind of cigar you got there tonight? I'm smoking a classic. I've got the Arturo Fuente Hemingway. Excellent choice. Uh, senior, I have no idea where you are. I'm assuming on the side of the interstate somewhere. I'm in Paris. Now that everybody's <laughs> an odd, it's Paris, Tennessee, but, you know, hey. <laughs> Best I could come up with, but, uh, I'm smoking a Cane F, uh, Lancero tonight. And, see, I, I pulled over on the side of the road just, I'm that dedicated to the three people that actually listen to our podcast. <laughs> And we have a new guy uh, sitting in with us tonight, all the way from Knoxville, Tennessee. Please welcome Ben. Hi, guys. How are you this evening? Good. And you smoking anything over there tonight? Yeah. I've got a La Roma de Cuba, uh, El Jefe, which I got from the Chattanooga tweet-up, um, actually from the Cigar Rights uh, booth. When I renewed my membership, they gave me a, a pack, and this is one of their uh, cigars with their band on it, so... Nice. Yeah, it's delicious. And Chattanooga Tweet Up is actually how myself and Senior met Ben. Uh, had a good time talking with him up there and glad to have him here on the show tonight. Mm-hmm. Glad to be here. To start things off, uh, Kirk, you sent us all a link to a book. Uh, obviously assuming that we could all actually read, which is a very brave assumption to make around here. But... <laughs> but you pointed us to a certain section of that book, and I want to give you a few minutes to talk about that and see what we can come up with on the subject. Sure, yeah. The, uh, the book I referenced was called An Idiot's Guide to Cigars. And keep in mind, this was a cigar book that was popular back in the 90s, so the information was a little bit dated. But one of the chapters of the book talked about kind of cigar etiquette or, more importantly, how to speak to non-cigar smokers. And one of the chapters in the book is titled, Put Out That Smelly Cigar. And it talks, it talks about the author of the book sitting at a bar with an unlit cigar. Unlit. And somebody walks up to him and says, Excuse me, sir, can you please put that out? The smell is offensive. And he points out politely that the cigar isn't even lit. Uh, but it kind of paints the picture that people see cigars and they're just instantly offended. And so tonight I kind of wanted to strike the question, what is it? what are some good ways to talk to non-cigar smokers, in particular those that take offense to our hobby? Junior, any opinions? Well, <laughs> just, just to throw one out there, I mean, And not to reference, not tying cigars and guns and stuff like that, but it's the same battle that we fight on the the gun rights side of it. You're going to have a contingent of people who, no matter what you say to these people, they're always going to have that 
opinion of the smelly, stinky cigar. It's kind of the middle-of-the-road people that I think you may have some opportunity to educate a little more on cigars and maybe even get them to try one. There's yeah. Go ahead. Man, there's a certain contingent of people that I wouldn't smoke around just because I know how they are, and there's certain places that I don't like to smoke. I don't like to smoke where people are eating. I don't like for people to smoke while I'm eating. It's just a personal preference, but... In my mind, when I see a non-smoker and they act like that, I, I feel like I want to educate them a little bit and teach them that cigars aren't quite as bad as cigarettes and other forms of tobacco. I think it comes down to tobacco education. I'd agree with that. I think, you know, my approach has been historically to kill them with kindness. If, uh, if I get the impression that someone is offended by my cigar smoking, depending on where I am... Nine times out of ten, I'm just going to put the cigar out and I'll go find somewhere else to smoke it. There are some instances where if I'm smoking in a place where I know I'm allowed to be there and the person who's offended is actually in the minority, then instead of being that, you know, kind of aggressive dickhead cigar smoker and saying, I'm allowed to smoke here, go away, what I'll try to do is just like what Junior said, and I'll try to introduce them to cigar smoking. I'll try to inform them a little bit if they're willing to listen. But the most important thing, guys, is be nice. Because the last thing you want to do is, is associate grumpy, mean people with cigars. Because that's just going to give people another reason not to like them. So I try to kill them with kindness. Sometimes that means my rights are trod on. But I think that's better for all of us in general. Now the grumpy, mean thing, are you, or is that referred to me or something? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of you, that senior. I mean, you are grumpy <laughs> All right, you know, it's really hard, really hard to get along with senior. It's just, uh, you know, got to be careful. Believe me, I've lived with him for 28 years. Uh, I can attest to all <laughs> yeah. of that and more. Uh, ben, you got any thoughts on the subject? Yeah, I got to agree with uh, Kirk on this. I think, um, you know, it's you get you really do have to kill him with kindness. And I think if you're in an area where you are indeed allowed to smoke, if someone does approach you and, and ask you to. You know, uh, you, you want to re- kind of remind them that, you know, you don't have to be mean about it, but you can tell them in a kind way, look, you know, it's my right, you know, to smoke in this area as it is your right to not smoke. So, uh, you know, I don't want to offend anyone, but this is my area. And at the same time, you know, try to tell them, say, look, this is a, uh, it's a legal product. I have, you know, I have the right to enjoy it any more than a cheeseburger or a Diet Coke or anything or anything else. Um, you know, I chose this area to smoke here, just like you could choose an area away from it. And just be, you know, you want to show them that we are, we have class and that we're not just screaming at them in their face, you know, well, this is my right and you have no right to tell me what to do and blah, blah, blah. I think that's a, you know, that's a, a prideful approach. I think you can take a humble approach to it and, and, and talk your way through it and still have a mutual relationship with them. I agree completely. It's just the only time I would really fight the fight is in an outdoor setting. To me, if I'm outdoors in a wide open area and you don't like my smoke, move away from the smoke. That's the only time I would really fight that battle. I agree with that. But that battle is growing because, I mean, uh, in some of the conversations we had with uh, the vicarious guys who are based out of Ohio, it's to the point now that you can't smoke in your vehicle. If you're driving back and forth to work or wherever, 
you can't smoke in your vehicle, and they're actually trying to get it to a point where you can't uh, smoke in your own house if yeah, you have uh, children. In America? Yes. yes, in America. Oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah, it's, you know, it's you'd expect something like that out of California. Well, California is barely America anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, but now we're talking Ohio here. This, they're, they're still kind of part of us. Good discussion on that topic, and straight out of the pages of Cigar Aficionado, Zycar is releasing a new 75-ring-gauge cutter, and it can actually handle up to 80-ring-gauge. Uh, price on that's going to be $35. Any of you guys going to be picking up that bad boy? You must be talking about the Zycar table saw, is what they're referring to. <laughs> it, would, it would take something of that magnitude, and uh, I don't know if I'll be getting one. I normally don't smoke cigars that large unless I have something to prove uh but yeah i mean it's a good price if you did if that was your your forte yeah it's actually a, a great price for a zycar product but you might as well like you said just carry around a table saw or an axe or something you know <laughs> yeah. something that says husqvarna on the side or Black and Decker. <laughs> i mean just get get serious you know go go big or go home yeah no, nothing says manliness like husqvarna <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Ben on this. It's a it's a good product. Everything by Zycar is usable. It's friendly. It's effective. But uh, there's a small minority of cigar smokers out there who really need that 75 or 80 ring gauge cigar cutter. But I think they're kind of marketing to the very small market, and uh, I probably will not be picking one up. No, I'll pass on that. Yeah, I don't even really care for the six by sixty, so definitely don't need anything that cuts an 80 ring gauge cigar. Yeah, I think anybody who's listened to the first six episodes of this show knows that none of us are particularly fond of anything north of sixty. So I don't, I don't think any of us will be uh, making that purchase. Uh, Kirk, how's that cigar working for you over there? Oh man, you can't, you can't beat a Hemingway. I, I tell people every time I smoke cigars that, uh, in terms of a good everyday all-around cigar. Our Trail Puente Hemingway has got that medium bit of spice, a little bit of sweetness in there. Burns like a champ. It's smooth. It's flavorful. This is an everyday, anytime cigar. And I'll probably say that same thing five times during this podcast. Puente is synonymous with quality and consistency. You know, from the 858 to the Hemingways, I've never really had a bad Puente cigar that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Mark. They just, uh... Hey, hey, sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... Anyone notice how when I talk, Senior's picture shows up? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we did uh, that just for you, man. Okay, all right. Oh, that's all right. I'll yeah, like I, I, I'm just trying to mind-screw you. <laughs> okay, that's cool. So, I was to say, you're absolutely right, Junior. Um, Fuente does not make a bad cigar. They really don't. I think they're one of my customers once mentioned a cigar. It's like the cheapest of the cheap Fuente. Curly head. Does that sound familiar? Anyone? Uh, yeah. Talking about the customer curly. or the cigar? The, <laughs> yeah, both. No. Yeah, the cigar curly head by Fuente, I believe, is like their seconds. Maybe uh, that one did not get rave reviews from a customer of mine, but I've never personally tried it. It's, everything I've tried by Fuente has been fantastic. The Don Carlos. Great. Opus X, great. Can't beat it. I agree. Ben, how's that uh, cigar working over there? You know, I gotta be honest. Uh, it is 
it really is that good. Uh, I really, you know, I've enjoyed, you know, a lot of Roma de Cuba considering that it's Ashton and I've enjoyed their products, but I've had a lot of Roma de Cubas, but I've not had a bad one to date. And this one stands up to the test. It is smoking really well. It is smooth. Uh, it's, it's medium bodied, you know, uh, it's just, you can use it in the afternoon, the evening, not really a morning smoke, but you know, as the day gets going, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's fantastic. I'm enjoying it. Cool. Senior, how's yours working? Uh, better than expected, actually. Uh, as I've said a few times throughout our podcast, I'm not a huge Lajero fan. And actually, this is where this uh, cigar came from. Uh, shout out to Paul Dominguez. Uh, he gifted this to me up in Chattanooga. We were talking about the Kane F, and I mentioned that I wasn't a fan of it. Uh, just really too much Lajero. Well, he passed me this uh, Lancero and said, oh, you got to try this one. And uh, so far, it's not overpoweringly strong. Uh, it's built out at 82% Lajero, but uh, I'm getting some good flavors out of it. You know, you're still getting the strength of the Lajero, but it, it's not unmanageable. Not bad. Senior, that's the, uh, that's the red-labeled cane, is that correct? Uh, correct. The little uh, set. It's a seven by thirty-eight uh, that comes in the little red tube with the yep, yep. the band around the foot. How's your burn? Is it uh, is it razor straight? Uh, so far so good. I'm about an inch and a half in. That's that's one of the things I've noticed with my Kane F cigar is that the burn is straighter than I've ever seen, and that's a real accomplishment. Um, with Lajero tobacco especially. It's hard to control the burn. That's why a lot of times cigar manufacturers resist the urge to go too heavy on Lajero because it burns really irregularly. And it's difficult to add as much Lajero as they did with the Kane app and still get that good burn. So Kane, Kane did something that the industry really hasn't seen a lot of, which is a high amount of Lajero and still accomplishing that really nice burn. So hats off to Kane and Nub and the Oliva family for putting that together. All right, straight out of the pages of Cigar Aficionado, Alec Bradley is working on a quote-unquote diamond-shaped cigar. Where? Uh, yeah, exactly. It looks an <laughs> awful lot like a sharp box press that happens to be standing on one of its corners. So, in my opinion, it's nothing more than a marketing ploy. I don't know what you guys think of it. Yes, Yes, 100%. You know, hats off to Alec Bradley for trying something new, trying to generate some interest, trying to maybe push their rollers to do something unique. Because I'm sure in their world it's a drastic change from the norm. But to the average cigar smoker, this is just a box press cigar turned on its side. That's all it is. I think it's the same ploy that Lito Gomez had when he, when he invented the chisel, and basically he was just chewing on the head of a cigar and it flattened out. And I guess he liked the shape and had his rollers uh, make that, and now it's the chisel poro, you know, just to be something unique. Uh, with Alec Bradley, the Prensado is a fantastic cigar, so as long as there's the quality and the flavor and the burn that goes with the shape, then, okay, you want to be a little different in its look, uh, you know, by by all means, you know. Um, so I, I think when you smoke it, it's going to have a more of an impact than just the way it looks. So, Ben, Ben, are you saying that you think it's going to smoke a little bit different or a little bit better? Well, I tell you, if it really is just kind of an upturned box press, then if if he can get consistent draw with a box press uh, cigar, it 
should be it should be fine. Um, I know when you box press it, you know getting the draw right sometimes can be a challenge, but uh, you know with the box press, you know cigars that I've had from Alec Bradley before, it seemed to burn fine. So I just think of it as you know tur- tilt your head to the right and it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd agree. Well, I'd agree with Ben. Alec Bradley makes great box press. So I'm not. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come across as as, as dissing the diamond. I just think that the uh, the diamond angle is probably unnecessary. I think Alec Bradley has the they have the back. They have the the popularity to just make a good cigar without any sort of gimmick, and it's going to do well. So well, I don't, and I, I agree with you on that. I don't. You can call it whatever the hell you want to call it. If the burn, the draw, and the taste are good, I'll smoke it. Hands down, you know, call it whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't give a shit. Well, well Kirk, we talked about that when we were at, um, you know, at Tweetup, you know, and the people are, the different manufacturers are coming up with all different types of gimmicks. So there's like the trompetto, there's the, uh, what is it, the egg, there's football. They're trying to make all these different shapes and all that. But the bottom line is, if I can't draw it, I can't smoke it, it doesn't taste good, I really don't care necessarily what it looks like. So, uh, but if it, you want to put a little twist to it, as long as it burns well and tastes good, you know, um, I'm not smoking a shape. I'm smoking the, the tobacco. So that's my concern. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one, one of the things I uh, did a little research on this one, they said it's rolled in an accordion style, which is said to give a better draw with the box press cigars. I know uh, we had spoke of King cigars in a previous episode, and their Baron, which is a uh, box press, is also rolled uh, accordion style where the the tobacco is layered in an accordion type form to in, improve the draw on the box press. Yep, that's a that's one of the styles of a bunching the filler tobacco senior. They uh is accordion style. I think they use a bunching style where they just kind of, you know, pinch it together in necessary spots. But right. yeah, I think the accordion style, I think you're right. I think it has a better draw and it might require a little more skill from the roller and Potentially, this Alex Bradley diamond is, you know, Alex Bradley attempt at saying, "Hey guys, you know, we're damn good at what we do. Look at this. We got a diamond shape. We got an accordion bunching filler. Uh, look at us, you know." Yeah, and it's uh, it's not overly priced either. It looks to be in the eight dollar range, so that's not bad. Yeah, give it a try. Oh yeah, definitely. And twice tonight we mentioned cigar fishing audio. <laughs> this this makes the third show that I've done that, and for the life of me, I don't know why I keep saying that. But all right, let's try. That's that why again. we like you. That's why we like you. Go, go ahead. At least I'm consistent. All right. Two times tonight, we've mentioned articles from Cigar Aficionado, and that brings me to a thought about that magazine and other cigar magazines. Do you guys subscribe to Cigar Aficionado or any other cigar magazine? Kirk, I know you do. Yes. Uh, sorry, I was, was going to try to be polite and wait for someone else to talk. I feel like I've been talking. I love Yeah, you're just I trying like to monopolize the show here. I'm the personality, all right? I'm, I'm the good looks. I'm the, I, I've got it all, senior. Right? Don't, don't, don't wreck my parade here. So I've been, <laughs> I've been subscribing to Cigar Aficionado for probably – five years or so and I look forward to every single magazine that comes out and I notice when it's late by a day I mean I, I really look forward to it 
And here's the thing. I'm not the guy who reads it cover to cover. I don't care a lot about golf. I don't care a lot about cars I can't afford or alcohol that I'll never buy. I just want to know about what's coming out in the industry, what's doing well. I really respect the guys from a cigar aficionado. If they tell me a cigar is good, honest, I mean, you know, nine times out of ten, they're right. I just love it. I love seeing the ads. I love reading the reviews. I like to know what's going on in the industry. And honestly, if you're if you're serious about smoking cigars, or you're just getting into it and you want to learn more, buy a cigar aficionado. You won't be disappointed. It's it's great. I agree oh. with you, Kirk. I uh, you know years ago when I was just learning, uh, you know, just about cigars, I went to cigaraficionado.com and I looked at some of their uh, you know, how-to video tutorials and just literally getting some basic information. And after a while, then I actually subscribed to them and I subscribed to Cigar Insider. Uh, and, you know, I agree with you the same way when I read Cigar Aficionado. It's, it's you know, a description of a lifestyle that uh, I may not ever actually uh, experience. But as far as the ratings on their cigars and, and things like that, uh, you're right. Mo- more often than not, they are right as far as this cigar is good. And once I try it, it actually is really good. It's not been disappointing. So, uh, you know, I think they really do due diligence with rating the cigars blindly and, you know, trying everything. And you never know, you know, what you're going to see on there. They've seen $5 smokes make, you know, number one uh, on their list, you know, the Casa Magna. Um, you know, so it, they, they try to keep it fair and balanced that it's not just price uh, yeah. that dictates the quality is actually the quality. If the cigar is good and it stands out, then that's what should get recognized, you know. So. Great point. I, I pick up the random copy. I won't say that I subscribe, but I do, uh, you know, pick up a random copy here and there. Plus, I'll uh, look at a lot of their articles and stuff online. I, uh, I subscribe to the digital version of the magazine. I don't actually get a paper copy, but I do. That's the one magazine I do subscribe to. I do occasionally try to pick up a smoke magazine just because I, I like their style as well. Both of those have great information. Whether you've been smoking for two years or 20 years, you'll be able to get something out of it. Uh, to carry on with the show, Senior wanted to talk about cigar tasting, so I'm going to let him steer this ship for a few minutes and <laughs> take it where you want to take it. Uh, just wanted to... You know, kind of touch base on some cigar tasting. I mean, we, we talk about new smokers, people who have been smoking for years. But wanting to kind of remind some people as well as maybe, as hard as this is to say, educate maybe a few people. But um, just some of the things that you pick up when you're starting to try to taste cigars and develop your palate. Um, it, it starts long before you actually like the cigar. Uh, you know, from smelling of the foot of the cigar to, um, I, I read an article where they'll actually take, after they cut the cigar, take that little piece of the cap that comes off, which is just a piece of the tobacco, and they'll actually uh, chew on that for a minute or so just to see, you know, it should be just a clean tobacco-type flavor. Occasionally, uh, you know, if you're getting a little bit of beer, uh, bitter uh, taste to it, it may uh, give you an indication of the fermentation of the tobacco. And from that point, you know, taking a pre-light draw, I mean, that's that's a lost art. A lot of people, you know, immediately throw the torch to it. But take the pre-light draw, take a little more time, try to see what flavors you can pick up there. 
um, and in lighting the scarring. I know we're all guilty of this. I mean, we've got these behemoth uh, flamethrowers, you know, four or five, six torch, whatever you got, and they just stick it right straight to the end of the cigar, and they char it. Well, that's going to affect your flavors. You know, in lighting the cigar, ideally, if you, you're in a position where you can, utilize either a cedar spill or a wooden match, you know, after the sulfur burns off. Uh, but if you're going to use your uh, your torch lighter, then, you know, don't let the flame actually touch the cigar. Hold it a few inches off of it, rotate the cigar, light it up, and um, then take those first few draws off of it. Um, another thing is don't overheat the cigar. Let the cigar develop for you. Give it a little opportunity there. Uh, when you're, uh, like when you're drawing, uh, take a couple of seconds to draw the smoke into your mouth. That, again, you're letting the tobacco burn and not overheating your cigar. Um, some other things are, uh, for instance, the long ash. The longer the ash gets, the cooler the cigar is going to burn for you. So, what uh, what kind of thoughts you other got? You guys got uh, along the lines of developing the palate and enhancing the taste of the cigar. I'll jump in on this one, senior. Uh, the big one for me, and I think the big one for a lot of guys who smoke regularly, is take your time. The a cigar is really meant to be savored. It's, it's kind of meant to be a slow down of life. It's enjoy the moment kind of thing. And what happens when you smoke too often is subconsciously or whatever, you kind of become almost a cigarette smoker where just the motion of bringing that cigar to your lips just happens more often and more often. And before you know it, you're taking a puff every 20 seconds or what have you. Honestly, to truly enjoy a cigar, like Senior was saying, it needs to burn slowly. And the good, a good way to do that is really monitor your puffs. You know, take take one puff every 45 seconds to a minute. You could even wait two minutes if you want to take a puff. And when you take those puffs, take your time. You know, draw in for three or five seconds really slowly. Because what you're trying to avoid is burning that tobacco too quickly. Because when it chars, when it burns quickly, you lose the flavor and all you have is a hot taste. So if you exactly. want to, if you want to enjoy the cigars and taste them. You got to take your time. And another thing is to, you know, hold the smoke in your mouth. Don't just immediately blow it back out. You know, now don't inhale. But draw the smoke into your mouth. Move the smoke around. Uh, I saw one guy actually makes a chewing motion, and it's basically to move the smoke onto different parts of his palate to help uh, pick out those flavors and the little subtle nuances there. I agree with you. I'm going to jump in here for just a second, but, you know, to piggyback off Kirk and Mark, um, you know, I've been smoking cigars for years, but uh, I think, you know, to, to piggyback off what Kirk was saying, it is an experience. It is meant to slow you down, make you, you know, really appreciate that moment in time. It is an experience. It is not something that you take a two-minute break from work and go take a few puffs and come back in. It's not meant for that. Uh, you know, I find that if you're sharing it with friends or family uh, together, it you know it creates an experience. All right, it gives you something to talk about, and it makes you stop and relax and uh, and and you know and, and just stress free. 
but also, uh, Mark, um, when, when I was in Chattanooga, you had handed me a pack of Cigar Tipster Cedar Spills. Now, for a while, I've gotten to the bad habit of actually using a torch lighter. It's just, you know, if I'm outside in a park, it's quicker. I light it up and I move on. But since I've taken the time to actually light the spill, uh, I light the spill, I'll take the cigar uncut, and I will toast the foot and get a red-hot, you know, full ember on the, on the foot. Uh, once that's lit, I will then cut the cap and draw it. Uh, just that little extra time to me, I think has brought out more flavors in the cigar. It's helped me appreciate it more. Um, and I think it, it enhances the experience just that little bit more. Um, and the cedar spills helped me do that. So I'm actually grateful that you gave me, uh, those cedar spills and I've been, every cigar I've smoked since that, uh, since that tweet up event, I, I think I've enjoyed just a little bit better. I think the flavors, have come out more. It's been less burnt, um, and uh, it's more more flavorful. So thank you for that. Oh, you're quite welcome. Yeah, quite absolutely. welcome. Absolutely. And uh, Tom from Commonwealth, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, in all seriousness, <clears throat> shit. In all seriousness, if you want to know more about Cedar Spills, check them out. www.cedarspills.com. Uh, he's got some great spills, great boxes. Um, Another thing we've mentioned in a few of our recent podcasts is, is a uh, a great little pocket reference journal, uh, the Cigar Blueprint, and Mark Hall does an amazing job. He goes into several pages uh, related to tasting, uh, not only um, your sense of taste, but references, you know, uh, visual as well as smelling the aroma of the cigar, the touch, um, just a lot of great detail. If you get an opportunity to get your hands on one of those books and want to know more about tasting, uh, definitely a great reference. I'm, I'm going to jump in here with, with one more thing. I'm, I'm going to make a bold statement. Bold statement by Kirk coming up right now. If you're smoking cigars, uh-huh. if you're smoking cigars and you're not enjoying them, you are probably doing it wrong. And what I mean by that is you're drawing too much, you're drawing too hard, or you're lighting it wrong because the flavors should not be hot, they should not be bitter, they should not be, you know, taste like a hot fire. Take your time and you will start enjoying them. I'm telling you, if you do not enjoy the cigars you're smoking, you are probably doing it wrong. Absolutely. I agree. And much of what Senior was talking about in this tasting section falls into the cigar etiquette section that we also wanted to talk about tonight. Uh, several different things come in to mind when you talk about cigar etiquette, how you handle yourself in the humidor, in the shop. Uh, one of the specific things mentioned was chain smoking. Uh, I think that's something much better suited to cigarettes, but I do know a lot of people who finish a cigar and within a minute of finishing that cigar, they have another cigar in their hands. And you need to allow your palate time to relax between cigars in order to really taste the flavor of the next one that you smoke well and another thing that ties in with that and i know junior and myself are both guilty of this we enjoy spicy foods and if you eat a lot of spicy foods you can uh i'll say dull your palate so if you smoke a cigar and you had 
Indian curry or hot Mexican food or something like that. Uh, you, will, you will regret it. Yeah, <laughs> you will regret it, and and don't base your decision on that cigar because of that. Oh, you know? sorry, guys. You're talking. I'm picturing senior and junior eating spicy Indian curry. I'm talking. You cannot pay me to go within ten feet of you dudes after you did that. I mean, I'm, you got your ability. I mean, that's the scary right there. And uh, another. To get to a lighter subject, another section of the cigar <laughs> etiquette uh, was ashing, and I'm guilty, and Kirk can tell you this from back in his days of owning a cigar shop, I'm guilty of playing the how long can I make the ash last game, which, when you think about it, is kind of rude because it really makes a mess, and I can't count the times that I dumped a bunch of ash in his floor or on his table. Bob. <laughs> Hey, at least I at least I own up to it. <laughs> but really, realistically, if you're in a shop smoking, an inch, an inch and a half is the proper point to start dumping your ash, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree, Junior. It's, it's always fun. It's always fun to get that long ash. Save that for the backyard uh, backyard smokes, where if it falls, it's gonna hit the ground, and no one's gonna have to vacuum it up. When you're in a cigar lounge or at a party with friends, you know, this, this again goes back to how to act around non-cigar smokers. Don't be that obnoxious guy who gets ash everywhere. Keep your ash at half inch, an inch, inch and a half, somewhere in there. Don't go, don't, don't go for any world records. It's not going to get you anything. I just want to say Kirk. that I want to commend Kirk for mentioning vacuuming without actually <laughs> mentioning Dyson. <laughs> That, that was actually coming up next, right? Dyson has a hundred dollar coupon on the internet. No, okay, I got not. I made that up. So what you save falls off a two thousand dollar vacuum? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I'm in love with Dysons. They're like yeah, power Kirk, Kirk has an obsession with Dyson, and apparently the proper amount of suction. Yeah, if you've ever listened to episode one of the podcast, you'll know Kirk's obsession with Dyson. Hey. Uh, you guys can talk shit about you. You can't ruin it for me, all right? They're 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 amazing. The Why do I get the feeling you were there on the opening night when Gillette released that Dyson ball adjustable razor <laughs> on their face? Why do I see you standing in line? Dude, that was me, man. Was holding down. an iPhone, an iPad, and a Gillette razor. Is is yes. that right? I you went directly from separate. there. I went directly from there to buy the newest Dyson vacuum at Lowe's. <laughs> they I come have up a with feeling. A, yeah. I have a feeling in Kirk's garage there's no power tools. There's just Dysons hanging on a pegboard. That's all you need, guys. That's all you need. If Dyson makes a, makes a lawnmower, are you going to go buy it? Yes, immediately. <laughs> okay, now, even I'll say that could be a pretty spectacular lawnmower. It doesn't cut anything. It just sucks in all the grass and then it, just, and it goes out the other end. It doesn't actually cut. It just sucks in the grass. It just, it just sucks so hard. Oh God! Yeah, yeah there we go. Um, <laughs> take it, take Junior. No, but I think uh, I think to uh, Senior's point when, and I think I read an article where the ash once you tap it once, maybe twice, it should just naturally fall off. If you have to rub it on the side, and it, it might be too early. And if a cigar is built right and burns evenly, every about like you said, inch and a half, maybe a couple inches, it should just fall off, and you should have a clean cut ember. It shouldn't be pointing out or shouldn't be concave or convex it should be relatively flat and i think that's how you can really tell 
you know, if it's been, if the filler's been, uh, you know, bunched right uh, or incorrectly, or if you draw it in and it, you know, and you have the ember that's inside the cigar and you got to relight around it, that's certain inconsistent. As I think it tells you a little bit about the quality of the smoke. But if you are drawing it, you know, correctly, it should burn evenly and the ash should just fall off as flat as possible. And that's it should, a good point. It, yeah, that, that's what I've noticed. Um, you know, good, usually good quality smokes that smoke well and burn well, the ash just falls off and the ember is on the front. Well, typically if it's coning, isn't that uh, an indication that you're, you're overheating the cigar a little bit? Possibly. Um, I've run into that with different cigars and I've never noticed exactly why some do and some don't. Maybe it's something I've done. Uh, maybe I'm not you know, drawing it right or it could be the cigar itself. It's, but for example, like the one that I'm smoking now is very flat. The burn is very even all around and the ash falls off flat. It also draws really well and, uh, and it, it, it tastes good. So, I, you know, I, I guess it's sort of a, a toss up. I've not done narrowed it down. One last story we want to talk about tonight before we get the final thoughts on these cigars is mm. say you find yourself in a situation where you have a large amount of cigars. I know myself and Senior happen to be in that situation right now between Chattanooga Tweetup and an event with the Vicarious people. Uh, we have a very large amount of smokes right now, and one option for that is to take a cooler and use it as a humidor. Now you well, I'm smoking it. as fast as I can now. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm knocking it down pretty quick. Well, you know, you, you, you've always <laughs> smoked more than I have, so your stash will go down long before mine does. <laughs> but you can take a couple I still of have a key to your boat, you know. Yeah, but nine times out of ten, the humidors are with me, so that still doesn't uh, do you any good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, uh, or Junior, I think I kind of derailed your uh, cooler door thing there. Oh, yeah, that. Um, yeah, you want to touch on that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, the short answer to that one is if you've got an extra cooler lying around and you've got a lot of extra cigars, take you a couple cigar boxes, stick them in the cooler, throw you a couple of humid packs in there, and you've got yourself a nice airtight humidor, uh, at least for a temporary solution. That's not something I've personally tried, but it is an option. I have actually... I've actually heard of people using a Frigidor. <laughs> uh, they have so many cigars that they use an old refrigerator refrigerator, and turn it into a humidor. Yeah, that works well. The um, You know, I heard all sorts of things working at the cigar shop. Uh, Tupperware. Tupperware works really well. If, if you find yourself buying cigars, you don't have the humidor at home, stick them in a Tupperware. You know, you can get a, a normal paper towel. Get it damp, you know, wring out the majority of the water, but set it up in that Tupperware in the corner so it's not touching your cigars. Seal the lid, and you've got yourself a humidor. It'll keep your cigars fresh probably as long as you need. Long term, long term with the Tupperware, with the fridge, and with the cooler, the only downside, well, there's two. Two downsides. One, you're kind of lacking that class bit that we've been talking about. You know, you're not going to look like a sophisticated gentleman when you pull your cigars out of a cooler. That's okay. And two... You need to you need to get some air to those cigars every now and then, maybe about once every three to four weeks. Open up your Tupperware, open up your cooler or your fridge, and make sure those cigars are getting some good air. Maybe even you know move them move them around a little bit in case there's pockets of dead air. Uh, but do those things, and, and you've got yourself a humidor for for the cheap. 
Well, and nowadays you've got those little Huma packs that are just absolutely wonderful. I mean, they've got like four different humidity levels to choose from, and it's basically just toss it in there and forget it. Yeah, and I personally prefer the 69% humidity model, but not for the reasons that you think. Junior, you're you're just <laughs> I can't, can't keep you a straight face, man. Do do any of you have the humidor with the actual active uh, humidification system, like the Havana, whatever it's called, where it actively you plug it in and it actually keeps the water humidifies the humidity. Any of you have that that device? Like the, the electric. Yeah. Yep, I've I've used a number of uh, different number of different versions of that uh, in my humidors at the cigar shop, also in the locker system that we had at the cigar shop, and they're great products. They really are. If you're looking to buy one, uh, honestly, it's one of those purchases where probably, if you're paying more, it's probably better. If you find one that's 20 bucks, I'd be a little bit cautious. Probably should be about 70 to $100. It's really easy. You add a gallon of distilled water at a time. You plug them in. You tell them what humidity you want it set to. You can get additional fans. And that's something I recommend because air movement is important. You buy some additional fans, you set them up in your humidor, and really you just you forget. A lot of them even have uh, an alarm to tell you when the water is getting low. So you, you plug them in, you get the fans going, and it will beep at you when it's time to add water. And that's that's probably about as good as it gets. Okay. Fair enough. All right, before we shut it down for the night, let me get some final thoughts on every cigar that you guys are smoking. Ben, let me start with you. Uh, so far, it's still smoking wonderful. I haven't even had to relight it. Uh, you know, it's got the, you know, Connecticut yeah, broadleaf wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler. It's, uh, it's burning well. It's drawing well. It tastes fantastic. Um, pairs well with, I would say, almost any type of drink, scotch or bourbon or beer or whatever. Um, easy smoking. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of the night. Excellent. Senior, what you got going over there? Uh... Actually, I'm really impressed with this little Kane F1 Cero. I uh, went into it apprehensive, but uh, getting some really good flavors, a lot of uh, pepper and spice and a little sweetness, a little cedar. It's got an earthy note that uh, I didn't notice in the larger canes. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's a Nicaraguan Habano uh, wrapper with uh, Nicaraguan binder and filter, uh, filler. Surprisingly... Uh, I'll say it's something I wouldn't mind having a couple of in the humidor. And last, but certainly not least, Kirk. <laughs> well, well, if I'm last, then what are you, Junior? I have a cold, so I'm not smoking tonight. What? Oh, whatever, okay. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm really enjoying the... Uh, you threw me off with that one, buddy. I'm smoking the Hemingway. It's got the Cameroon wrapper and the Dominican Republic uh, binder and filler. Every time I smoke this cigar, I fall back in love with it. It's got medium strength, medium flavor, a hint of spice that you get from that Cameroon tobacco, and just hints of sweetness that pop through. But it's very smooth, enjoyable cigar. This is one that you recommend to the veteran smoker or the beginner. It's safe for everybody. Love it. Good deal. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight here on the show. You can find us all on Twitter. Uh, Senior is at msnyder1730. Uh, ben, I believe, is at Mr. Wise Ash. Kudos on that particular Twitter handle, by the way. I like that. Sure. Uh, I'm M. Snyder 21. You're welcome. And Kirk, I have no idea what your Twitter, hand, Twitter Twitter handle I is. I'm just, 
Kirk underscore Chalmers. Mr. Simplicity. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you can find it at the uh, Cigar Tipsters website. That's the easiest way. Absolutely. And, of course, well, follow at Cigar Tipsters. Well, I'm, uh, I'm going to throw this out. Junior may edit it as he has a tendency to, but uh, the first person, but first person to uh, DM me with uh, the information on my Twitter, I've got a vicarious three pack that uh, is yours. Today you heard it on the podcast. I'm twittering right now, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, cigar tipster people are ineligible, and, and Jerry and Johnny, if you are listening, no, you can't have your own cigars. So no. <laughs> all right uh, anybody got any final thoughts questions comments viewpoints etc um i got a little bit of uh, jerry springer type wisdom other than spay and neuter animals in minnesota that's bob barker oh uh, okay well you know what? <laughs> shoot all right thanks man no problem good call out. all right well in minnesota right now we got a cold snap we got bonfire weather it's good lager weather for beer um just be ready for that. You know, when the weather changes, it's the perfect time to get outside, get those bonfires going, get those beers cold, sit out with your buddies, and enjoy the, the conversation. Don't bring your cell phone. Don't bring your iPad. Just bring a cigar, some beer, and a bonfire, and enjoy it, guys, because that's, that's as good as life gets right there. Bud Light doesn't count, Kirk. <laughs> I'm drinking. I'm drinking a Killian's. All right. A Killian's. All right. A, a manly beer. There you go. I was going to say, thank God he's finally stepping up. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I couldn't take any more beers, all right? Well, I mean, Senior, any final thoughts? Yeah, just smoke them if you got them. Ben, anything? Nah, that's pretty much it, man. <laughs> it's right. been some fun. Right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Have a good night. <laughs>